This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Father, we honor you tonight, just you. And we sing for you, Jesus, and we reverence you, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for the life that only you could provide. Thank you for the truth of the new creation that we live with every breath within a recreative miracle. We honor you, Father God, tonight. And we purpose to to lean in with all of our hearts, with all of our being, to what you want to do in this school tonight. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Welcome to the School of Word and Worship. I'm going to take a quick sip. I meant to before I got up here. How's everybody? Everybody good tonight? Looks like we got the serious crowd here. The heavy duties. The ones who kick it in. We're in the, the course, the module, the section, whatever you want to call it. We're trying so hard to not put things in boxes and um, so I don't want to just call it a course. I feel like even in the School of Word and Worship, we, we segment off by topic. But what God does is he, he intermingles and actually interrelates everything. So um, I feel a little bit tunnely, Jacob, like echoey or something. Am I echoey out there? Just feels funny up here, maybe. Um, of course, it feels kind of out of the box and Holy Spirity too. Um. So in this course on Holy Spirit, some things um, I want to back up or support, undergird what Pastor Babette did last week. She did some really practical exercises with us, had us asking Holy Spirit questions. And so as I pondered through the week, um, you know, it's funny because you, you say, okay, I want the flow of the Spirit. I want the movement of you, Holy Spirit. I want you to decide what's going to transpire each week, even though we're in the Holy Spirit section. Because it's Holy Spirit section, I'm purposing as much as you are to just go with the flow, not like by the seat of my pants, you know, like fly by night kind of thing, but truly allow the Holy Spirit to touch on what he wants to support, undergird, bring. And so last week, Pastor Babette brought um, aspects of truly having interaction and intimacy with Holy Spirit, of asking him questions. And so as the week went on, I felt like... um, Sometimes, and if this wasn't you, I mean, maybe everyone here is completely feeling stable and um, not, you know, the, sometimes anybody ever feel those, ooh, life unfolds and things transpire and we're grooving with the Holy Ghost because we love God and we know we have a covenant with him and we, you know, we go to his word. But sometimes, you know, we can have teaching like that and then feel like, well, maybe everybody else hears, but I don't hear. Um. And maybe I'm so happy to have the questions because she guided us. And, you know, I, I didn't get an answer just like that to every single question, you know. So it's okay to not get, I got them that night. But even then I can say, is that really what you're saying to me? So I felt like what, what God wants to do by the Spirit tonight is to undergird, to support, to link with what she did last week 
by sort of giving some very simplistic teaching. Okay, are you all ready for simplistic? Anybody already know it all? Who needs to learn more? I'm putting up two hands. Okay, seriously, because I just, my, um, my deal is I want to be learning until the day that I leave this planet. I want to grow. I, I want to always be able to say, wow, there's more. Because God is so wonderful. And this, this book is not a be-end-all in that it puts boundaries. Well, it does put boundaries, but it doesn't put walls. The, there's things in this word between the lines. Things to search out in God. Things that I'm going to take the liberty to say to you all individually. There are things hidden for you here. For you personally, in this word. And so, you know how I will always say, no condemnation, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to literally do a disclaimer right now. This is going to be serious and fun, but serious, but no condemnation. Because sometimes when we don't hear or think we hear, sometimes we haven't really cared for ourselves properly. And so I want to look at that a little bit. Um, I think that for me anyways, all through my life and my experience with God, he always takes me back to your safest place, Kath, is be a student of my word. Be a student of my truth. No matter how far you get in your experiences with me, always eat this word, always go back to, to this, always go back to maybe even the things that you've become familiar with. And I think Pastor Babette even said that a little bit last week. We can get a little familiar sometimes. We can get comfortable in our relationship with God and we can allow it to kind of sink into the comfort zone of a box where we feel like we're doing enough. No condemnation, right? I'm going to say no condemnation, Kathy. We're doing enough. But then sometimes when I feel like, wow, things feel a little, mm. Oh, and welcome to everybody on YouTube, too. Welcome in with us. Those of you that we can't see, but you see us. So I want to I wanna look at, because what I wanted to say to you all is the reason for learning, the reason for learning about Holy Spirit is not so we can get it right and live the proper Christian life, okay? It's so that... And I want to read this to you because I feel like he said this to me. It's so that we are enabled to grasp living in God with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. It's so that we can grasp living in God with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. See, this, that's like a, that's like a Christian phrase. And it's like, if you just say, well, yes. I mean, I can say that, of course, duh, you know, seriously, duh. But when you really sit and you dissect that some of what Maddie and, and, and I started, I have a nickname for Danny Pro um, that you all wouldn't understand at all. (laughs) Anyways, so Maddie and D Pro, some of what they sang was he, he poured out, I mean, that that one verse where he gave it all. He did something so extraordinary. Honestly, guys, we can't comprehend it, what he actually did. So that we would no longer be mere mortals. Mere humans. Trying to make it to heaven. 
come on, guys. Seriously, like in the school of word and worship, I'm saying, Lord, help me. Help us to wake up to this extravagantly absurd and beautiful gift of life. Okay? So, again, this is what we're going to look at tonight. He wants us to delve into these things so that we can grasp, truly grasp. Okay, grasp means, like, if somebody threw something to me and I couldn't get a grasp on it and it dropped to the ground. Like, then I don't have it. But I could tell you, oh, I caught it. How many of us have sat in year in church, some of you aren't old enough to do this for decade after decade after decade, and, and we, we would tell ourselves, oh, I've got it. I know. I've learned these things. I can give you chapters and verses. I can give you all the info. And yet maybe when we're taken through an exercise like what Pastor Babette did, we would quietly, because thank God, seriously thank God, we didn't have to raise our hands and tell what answer we got. See, that's the only difference between the school here and the training center that we had that was a tuition-based We gave the answers in the class. We sat in the classrooms, had discussions, and got vulnerable. So no condemnation because it's not the same school. Well, it is the same school, but it's not the same format. Because in this day, God is saying, trust me, take it. Pastor Gavin wanted to put the school in an open forum for free so that anyone could come. And at some point, this sanctuary will be fuller than it is tonight. And actually, in part, it is fuller because now we're online. For free. I want you to know there were people that graduated from the previous training center, blood, sweat, and tears, working full-time jobs to pay tuition to study the truth and to grow in God. And so now, though, in the earth, he's doing something different, right? Okay, so tonight we're going to look at this. Now, remember, we, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the principle from Acts 1.8, and one translation said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will seize you. He will seize you. Ever seen like in a movie or, you know, we won't even go there, but maybe in your pre or BC days, you got in fights or something. And when someone grabbed a hold of you, like one time, this is a crazy story, but I'm going to tell it to you guys because my sons won't watch this. (laughs) I have, I have two sons and, um, one of them is just, just. He's just peaceful and he's quiet and loving and not aggressive. And the other one has always been athletic and just, you know, a go-getter and all this. So something happened one day in our family room that shocked the snot out of me. So Michael is the real athletic one and Neil is, Neil Jr. is the one that's just peaceful and all this. Well, Michael did, I came into the room and I hadn't seen their whole fight, but Michael apparently had done something that hit a button in young Neil and he picked him up by his shirt and shoulders and slammed him against the wall. And I was like, you see something hit Neil and he seized Michael. Michael was not expecting to be seized by that brother. So apparently he thought he could go wherever he wanted to go. Well, I'm going to tell you, go ahead and go wherever you want to go in here. And the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and seize you in a way that might flip you out at first. Go ahead, get flipped out. It doesn't matter, but get seized. Okay, you with me? When he seizes us, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, are you ready for him to seize you, spirit, soul, and body? Because we say, oh, Lord, I want you to take over my life. I want to be spiritual. Oh, Lord, I want you to touch my body. I want you to heal me. But then we want to pray a prayer of healing 
sometimes we don't want to do the work to get in and have the truth sitting inside of us that he can touch to cause the very spirit of health to flow through our bodies. So we're going to go there a little bit, okay? Because I want, I want you to understand, when he seizes us, spirit, soul, and body, we're changed. We've got to begin to link these train cars. When we're changed, it's things are now being born of heaven. Once you're born again, everything now should be born again. My brain should get born again. Okay, I'm not teaching a false doctrine. This isn't heresy. But once my spirit, that born again experience, once I begin to step into being newly created, freshly built, changed from thought to thought, from action to action, from life occurrence to life occurrence, you do realize the biggest classroom on the planet is your life. I mean, you're going to learn some stuff in that classroom that you didn't sign up for. And there is an enemy that doesn't really care whether you signed up. He'd like to give you his diploma, you know, like capital F. Okay, so we're going to back up the things. We're going to look at when you truly allow your heart to be filled with truth. Now, notice I'm saying your heart to be filled with truth, not just this little pocket in your brain cells where you've memorized some scriptures. But you literally start hanging out in scriptures. You start tearing them apart. You start sometimes gut-wrenchingly getting with God and saying, I don't understand a thing about this. This makes no sense to me. Anybody ever had some things in truth that don't make sense? Or you grasp truth and then you try to apply them to your life and your life looks worse when you apply this? Seriously. These are the things we have to go to God and talk to him and let him speak because these verses simply prepare a place for him. Pastor Gavin talked, I almost said Pastor Barry, because sometimes he feels so much like my big daddy to me. Anyways, um, he talked about Jesus saying, I'm going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's busy all the time preparing a place for us in the spirit. Not a place where we'll go off someday, I'll fly away. A place in the spirit where we dwell with him in truth. Y'all with me? So we want to all grow in allowing the word of God to live in us so that the Holy Spirit's speaking to us when we ask a question, like what Babette had us do last week, that his voice is recognizable. I mean, I could say to you, Most of the time I recognize how he's talking to me, but not 100% of the time. Anybody else willing to admit that? And sometimes I'm not sure. I'm like, you said that to me? So I go back to this word because there are things he will say to you that if you're just legalistic, say no condemnation. If you're just legalistic with these chapters and verses and you keep them in a box where it has to happen like this, like I've learned in church or it's not God then you might not be able to recognize when he's giving you a delivering word. You with me? See, tonight, honestly, this is a go-free night. Like, you can go free tonight. You can go free tonight because the true recipe, if there, it's not a formula, but there's a recipe. There's a recipe. If you want to plant a flower garden, there are certain seeds. If you say you want marigolds and petunias and geraniums, that's what you'll have to plant. 
You can't just go to the, to the store and say, just give me a bag of seeds. What kind? I don't care. And then you put them in the ground. You get mad when they come up and they're not. I'm saying all these things. <laughs> Why do you think I can say these things? <laughs> because I've been there and I've been like that. And I've said, this is not what I intended, Lord. This is not how I meant for it to go down. And then he's so gracious. You know, he doesn't come in and whack and bang you with, with some big ruler and say, well, it's because you did it wrong. No, he comes in and once again, he brings the truth I should have been getting along the way. Okay, you with me? There's a, um, a law. You know, a law is something that works all the time. Okay? The law of um, gravity, that's a natural law. It says things are going to fall to the ground. If I jump off this platform, I'm not going to lift up and fly around the room. I've done it in dreams, but I've never done it in person. Anybody else lift off and fly in dreams? Oh, I love it. You know, it signifies spiritual growth. Yeah, way cool, right? Um, And sometimes I have to jump off something, but sometimes I can just lift off. Okay, well, I can't do that tonight. So, well, at least unless he does something, I don't feel like he's going to do that. So, law of gravity, if I jump down, I'm going to go down to the ground. It always works. A law has to be superseded by a higher law in order to be annihilated. So, um, there was a law already in existence, but it wasn't called this yet, lift and thrust. And there were some guys in North Carolina that discovered it. And lift and thrust, there's a force, and if you take something weighty that would fall to the ground and you capitalize on lift and thrust, you can take the engine and the wings and something can go up and elevate. And so that higher law takes over and overpowers and subjugates the lower law. So what Jesus did for us subjugated the law of sin and death subjugated it. I mean, like it, it like said, okay, you're going down. You're going down. So the law of sin and death is no longer in operation, but because we're the authority figures, if we choose to say, well, I'm, I'm just going to walk crazy. (laughs) Then there is one that would like to perpetuate that in our lives. Because remember, we're supposed to glorify God. We're, we're image bearers. And so we're supposed to be putting out into the earth an image. Well, you're going to put an image out one way or another because you were built to be an image bearer. Say no condemnation. Okay. Like I told you it was going to be serious, but we can laugh. Sometimes you have to do the nervous laugh just because it's like, Oh my God, (laughs) help me Jesus. Right. So it's okay. Do the nervous laugh whenever you feel like it. I do them too. Cause sometimes I'm up here teaching and I'll be like, Oh my gosh. I'm not doing this the way I should. And I, but I'll admit it, see? Because anything that you hide and it's secret, it'll mess with you and it'll bind you and it'll take you captive. So if you just say, you know, yeah, I got frailties. I did a thing the other day, recorded it with Jack. I had a time to put up because I wasn't there for my Monday um, coffee chat. And it was about don't be afraid of weakness. We're human. Don't be afraid of weakness. So anyways, so there's a place in Genesis. It's actually Genesis 129. I'm going to read it to you. Because there's a law hidden here, real powerful law. If you get this law, Jesus said, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand anything in the kingdom. Um, and that's in Mark 4. 
I think long about, I don't know, somewhere between 20 and 25, somewhere in there. He said, if you don't understand this sowing and reaping thing. Okay, so Genesis 1:29, and God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you, it shall be for food. So this is called, um, in Christian circles, the law of Genesis. And it is the principle of things reproducing after their kind. Everything reproduces after its kind. Humans reproduce and have other humans. Dogs reproduce and have other dogs. Meanness and hatred reproduces and makes more meanness and hatred. Sickness and disease, when it's yielded to, becomes worse and worse. Because you see, Adam didn't drop dead like that in the garden. He stepped into a place and took in seed that enabled a body that was built to live forever to begin to go downhill. But Jesus, that was the law of sin and death. But Jesus conquered that law. And so now we're on the upward spiral. Can anybody agree and believe with me? We're on the upward spiral, guys. Things are not. Anybody who says to you, this country or this earth is going to hell in a handbasket, please don't agree with them. It's not true. It's not true at all. It's a lousy confession. And because we are the prophetic ones on the planet, we cannot afford to agree with the lies. But in order not to agree with them out here, we got to start agreeing with him in here. Okay? So there's the law of Genesis. You with me? Um, this means basically that whatever type of seed you... Okay, we're going to say it. No condemnation. And I'm going to take a sip because I want you to really digest for yourself. Seriously, no condemnation. At least for me. I mean, if you choose to live this way... Seriously, I mean, God doesn't put condemnation on us. We make choices. So this means basically that whatever type of seed you allow to be placed inside you, it will multiply and become more of the same type of thoughts, ideas, and beliefs. Ah! I'm going to read it again. Because if you feel like your thoughts are causing you to go crazy, see, even... Even last week when Pastor Babette guided us in questions to ask Holy Spirit, if you felt condemned or you felt inept or unable to hear the Spirit, somewhere in you there's some stuff that is reproducing that insecurity to make you think that unlike everybody else, you can't hear. And that's a lie. That's not true. You're built to hear God. It's just that you must develop... What does his voice sound like to you? It's not going to sound literally like an audible voice. What does it sound like to your heart? When, when you hear something inside of you, learn what it feels like when you feel downcast. When, when you start to feel like maybe last week you felt inept and you started to feel yourself close up thinking, I don't like doing these exercises. Anybody have that? Don't raise your hand. But if you had that thought, if you felt like, oh gosh, I wish she'd stop. I wish she wouldn't do this anymore. And if you listened last week online with us and you felt that way, no condemnation. But it just shows us there's something inside that's trying to take us down rather than allow us to lift up. This is why it's imperative to have truth taking root. All the time have truth taking root. All the time. Yesterday I started pondering, this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to enjoy it and take gladness in it. I, I, that oldness, I mean, that's so old to me. 
I've heard it forever in the Baptist church. But yesterday, sitting on my deck, looking at this reflection in our glass door of this beautiful tree from my neighbor, I start pondering that verse, and there was stuff in it I'd never sucked out before. There was something else. Could I tell you exactly right here what it was? No. I just knew I began to lift inside. I knew that I started feeling different. I started feeling happier. (laughs) Happier. I saw something with my eyes that was just a natural reflection. That's all. But because I could hear something between the lines, because that's the verse he had me in from the morning, all of a sudden the horizon looked very different. You with me? Because this, this is called being saved. We are honestly, uh, uh, me, as a Christian, I mean, I have so often just, you know, you set your dates. I got born again on this date. I got baptized in the spirit on this date. Neil got uh, re-saved or uh, delivered. Actually, my husband is a recovered alcoholic and November 3rd, 1984, delivered instantly. I mean, like you talk about saved, 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 still being saved. That memory inside of him keeps him saved. Just because it was 35 years ago, he doesn't say, oh, well, I can go back. No, no, he's like, that door's shut by the power of God. See, this is the working of the word inside of us, guys. What is working inside you right now? Why? Can you, can you even ask yourself this question tonight? Why would God have her backtrack and do something that maybe should have been before Pastor Babette? No, no, no. He does things because some of what she did with us last week showed some of us where we are and where we aren't. No condemnation. It showed us God always says, I'm going to do the best for you. So tonight he wants to shore up some things. Okay, you with me? Um, let me find my place. So it's imperative to have truth taking root inside of our hearts all the time. If that's all you get tonight, take it to the bank. Don't say, well, I don't need time with God every day. Yeah, you do. You better get a salient thought. Get a sa- that's just a sane thought. You better get a sane thought every day. Because we can think we're having sane thoughts and it's absolute ludicrous stuff happening in our brains. But I'm going to tell you something. Okay, I'm going to give you some of my... Not my insight, but like some things he put inside me to look at. I can go on social media and I can appreciate creativity and all of that. But then there's some things out there that literally will captivate me, incite me to some, maybe my ideals or something like that. My opinions start kicking in. I'm wanting to give somebody a piece of my mind. And I'm telling you, not this mind of Christ. And I'm thinking, how, how crazy can they be and put... Whoo, Kathy, take a deep breath, bring it on down. Because that's not healthy for me to go there. That's called judgment. That's called judgment. And for me, he's not said, now go on there and give them a piece of what they need to be. Because that's my conviction. That's not their conviction. Are you with me? See, God's wanting us to realize there's a place I want to be inside you. It's for you only. You know, um, I think there have been songs and movies and all kinds of stuff for your eyes only. 
There's a place in me that's for his eyes only. And not even my husband knows some of the things in that place. They're not from, and he's the closest, like we're one. But that place, it's only for Father God and Jesus. But in that place, he saves me every day. When a principle or idea is truth, it will be in line with, and I want you to hear me tonight, the values of Holy Spirit. You know, we talk a lot about building our lives and having great core values. Wonderful. But do they match the Holy Spirit's values? If it's an idea that's truth, okay, it'll agree with God and his will or his word. See, this is important stuff because... I've got a lot of opinions, and sometimes, I mean, like, I've got so many opinions, and I laughingly say, um, I don't think I'm a mean person. I've mellowed a lot. I'm not as intense as I used to be. And you might say, really? (laughs) Um, But there's probably not one person on the planet, not even my relatives, my close, intimate family, that I agree on everything with. And you probably could say the same thing. I don't think it's possible for, every, you know, for humans to agree 100% on everything. And when we can really relax in that and say, but I am living according to the convictions God gives me by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can walk with you even if I think something you're doing is like whack-a-doodle. If you're saying, I really believe that God is speaking to me here, I'll walk with you. I'm not going to tell you you're not hearing God. I might pray, Father, if that's really not you keeping them safe, please guard them. And I don't want to go any further in prayer than that because then I'm using my will to, you know, and we know what that is, right? Um, So, and this might seem so simple. You know, I'm talking about being solid and sound in the word. It might seem so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are what we're not doing. No condemnation. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to say that a lot because this is really simple Christianity, but we can think we're doing it when we're not. You know, just because you carry a Bible and sit in a church doesn't mean you're living by this truth. Pastor Barry used to say, you can live in a car your whole life. I mean, live in a garage your whole life doesn't mean you're a car. And uh, there are a lot of people that can live in church their whole life and not really understand personal relationship with God. Okay, so now, um, I think I want to do Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Okay, you all with me? Let me find it. Um, 6, is it 6? Yeah, 6. I got to get there. 7 and 8. Um, how far down? The lights are so weird in here. Oh, my gosh. Right? Is that what I want? Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Are you with me? Let's, let's just laugh about that. There's a guy in California at Bethel, and he says, let's just laugh about that. It's Steve Backlund, isn't it? Let's just laugh about that. Sometimes you just got to laugh. Nervous laugh doesn't matter. Just laugh. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals, oh gosh, the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. Hello. 
If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. See, in some ways tonight, what I'm saying to you is each day, simply go to this word. Sometimes in the beginning, when we begin to really be students of the word, we don't really know exactly what that's going to look like. And if you've gotten away, if you've been a student and then you've gotten away from it, be simplistic and just go back and, and read a few verses and then talk to God about it and say, I want to grow in truth. I want, I want to grow in you dwelling inside of me, building a space. You know, sometimes God is just thrilled. Well, all the time. He's just thrilled when we take the initiative to set aside moments with him. To set aside some space that it's for nobody else but him. You know, you can say, I want to learn new things about you, God. But then if we don't really take the time, how are we going to learn? Okay? So he's not mocked. If you put truth in you, then I'm telling you, your core values will match the Holy Spirit. He will begin to bring conviction. I used to, um, in the previous denomination, the word conviction felt so... Because it was kind of like conviction meant he was ticked with me and I'd get smacked somehow. I'd get disciplined somehow. But then when, when I studied further, got you know, into the fullness of the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, I began to realize conviction just means being convinced. That's all it means is he starts convincing me. And he convinces me to such a point that literally his truth becomes my core value system. And it becomes a barometer or a filter or um, a gauge for me of what's happening out here. To the point that even if you see, wow, I got a stinky harvest out here, so I must have planted some crazy stuff. But when you're, when you're literally leaning into him, you don't have to feel creeped out by that. You don't have to feel like you're one of his naughty children. You know, like all the other sheep are white and I'm one of the black sheep. You know, they used to paint a picture that that was not the perfect sheep. You know, I'm the one who acts naughty. I'm the one who acts crazy. I'm the one who goes and does their own thing. I did my own thing when I was young. It's just that my parents thought I was perfect and that taught me to be a good liar. Because I just kept secrets. They assumed I was being good, gave me all kinds of liberties, and I took advantage of the liberties. Had myself some fun in the world. And for some years, I reaped some creepy stuff. Because I had planted some really creepy stuff. You know, just because it's fun doesn't mean it's good. And it doesn't mean it'll be fun forever. Okay, let's go to Galatians. Um, well, actually, just write this one down because I did it in the um, CSB and I don't, you probably don't have that one. Contemporary Standard Bible. Um, so I'm looking at Galatians 5.14. Listen to this. this. This is so simple and yet so profound. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) You know what the depth of between the lines for that is? If you will care for yourself. 
if you will build something inside you and let God nurture you, let him guide you, you will be abundantly full with things that will overflow to other people. Too many Christians want to run out and help everybody else and they're doing nothing to help themselves on the inside. And then we wonder why the world thinks we're fake. In this chapter, Paul addresses walking in line with the Holy Spirit rather than giving in to how we think we should walk or how we want to handle things. Ever wanted to handle things way different? Then, I mean, yeah. I mean, some things you just think, it's just going to take me too long to do it the right way. That's why I drive 75 miles an hour to work, because I don't want to get up early enough to drive the speed limit. No condemnation, guys. But seriously, these are the little things. These are the little things. If we don't nurture our own hearts with truth, how can we care for others with power? Okay, we can think or feel that we're doing right. And, and this is something, grab this tonight. You can feel like you're obeying the chapters and verses. But what Pastor Babette did last week, she was saying, invite the Holy Spirit into decisions by asking him questions. Bring him in to your daily experience, to your thoughts, to your, you know, maybe the empty places, the, I don't know how to handle this. She was saying, bring him in. Because the thing is, as Christians, we can do chapters and verses. We can attend church. We can um, feed the poor. We can give tithes and offerings. We can take communion. We can come and never miss a service. We can quote scripture and pray for people. And deep down inside, we're not really letting it take root inside of us to give us a peace that atmospherically changes the planet. You see, there's a power in us that when we truly live from the depth of our connectivity with God himself, there's a divine atmosphere that flows out and begins to adjust and balance and bring salvation to the planet. You see, he's not trying to get us to get everybody to go to church. Come on, man. We got to get past this. God's not saying, and it's not wrong to invite people to church. It's not wrong to go to church. It's just that this wasn't the end all. The end all is that what we learn here would actually leave these buildings and happen out there. Say no condemnation. Because seriously, I told you I was going to hit some hard stuff tonight. Because when it doesn't happen out there, sometimes it's because we can quote and rattle off the doctrines and the the chapters and verses. But maybe we're not moved at all with compassion. And honestly, no, I'm not going to go there. It'll be heard wrong. Um, Verse 16... Let me find chapter 5. Verse 16. Where are you? Still in Galatians 5. um, Verse 16, but this is in the Passion. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Don't we sometimes just want to straighten ourselves up? And yet this says, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I was saying. Let's get 
let's take a step back and sort of back up and support what Babette was talking about. When, when you take time, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever time you take, and you go to the word and you say, Father, I want to grow in you. Father, I want to take this verse, maybe even that verse right there, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life. Get with God. Take that scripture from the Passion Translation. Get alone with him and say, Father, I've got this situation. I've got this. I've got this attitude I have over here. But you say, as I yield freely and fully to your dynamic life and power, things are going to start changing in me. And when we keep going back and, and you can say, well, I don't, I don't feel different. I still want to punch that person right in the face or I still want to tell my mate that you are full of you know what and I'm done with all your nonsense. But we go back to that verse. You said, you said, God, you said. See, I'm, these are simplistic faith principles that if you really want change, you must dwell with him and you must let him dwell with you. If there's anybody in this room right now that you're thinking, I've tried that. You don't try this. No condemnation. If that was you think, you don't try this. You don't try this. When I wanted children, I didn't, I don't want to be graphic, try it once. I didn't stop till I was pregnant. Seriously, guys, we've got to realize we have to fall pregnant with the spirit of truth. Fall pregnant with that that you want to come out of your life. If you want peace, go to the scriptures on peace. Go where he says, I will never leave you and I will never, ever forsake you. Never forsake you means he'll never not be what you need at the moment. And yet we can sit there and say, I do not feel you being what I need right now. And he's probably, he might say to you like he said to me, well, you're thinking a different thing than I'm thinking. I've got something to put in you that'll be the nest for what you really want. I've got some things to teach you before you can even hear me bring the peace. Sometimes we got to, you know, we think, well, I've been born again. Maybe we need to get born again, again, and again, and again. Like literally let something from heaven come and take root inside. Let it come and literally arrest your thinking. Let it come and convict you so that you say, I'm not going to keep having that thought, but I'm not going to force myself. I'm going back and I'm going to yield. There's such a power to yielding. Now I want to read to you same chapter, Galatians 5, because we talked about the values of the Holy Spirit. The values of the Holy Spirit. He's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. He's so kind. He says, I'm not going to try and make you behave like me. I'm not into making you behave like me. You are like me. You see, God didn't say you weren't holy and then give you the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's like, you are my holy territory. Therefore, I'm giving you my spirit. And now you dwell in a holy place with the spirit of the creator of all things. See, even condemnation, that's why I say again and again, no condemnation. Because we sometimes hold on to those things that make us feel not enough, not right. Like we're not good children, not good Christians, not good church people, not whatever, not. He never says a not about you. Because here's, you want to know the truth about that one? You know why? Because once he says it, that it's done. So he is not going to make a negative confession over you because everything he says comes to pass. And he says, I will only speak to you from what I am. 
And there is no negativity in me. There is no negative thought in God toward you. That is so hard. I'm going to put both hands up because that's so hard to believe. You know, even if you had good parents, I had great parents. But I know daggone well they had some negative thoughts towards me. I mean, at the very least, a nice negative thought. She talks too much. But that, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm called as a mouse. What you going to do about that? And yet I'm an introvert. I mean, it's craziness. I don't understand. So, okay, verse 19, let's go there. Um, let me find it. So we're still in Galatians 5. And so now we're going to get some, um, you know, buckle your seatbelt a little bit, maybe mentally and emotionally, because some of our stuff's going to be named off here. Okay. Even if it's only in your brain, you know, there are things that happen in your brain that of course we wouldn't do them actually, because we're Christians. But Jesus said, if you even do it in your brain, no condemnation. Okay. Because we're human, okay? It's okay to be weak. It's okay to have weaknesses. We're just going to lean in with him. Okay, so verse 19 in the Passion, Galatians 5. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God. (laughs) That's a biggie, yeah? Um, Manipulating others. Whoops. Uh, Hatred of those who get in your way. Oh, wow. (laughs) Senseless arguments. Duh. I mean, how many? Who doesn't have a senseless argument at least once a week? I mean, please. Resentment when others are favored. Mm. Temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. Angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinions. (laughs) Being envious of the blessings of others. Murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behaviors. See, it doesn't even categorize. We have stigmas attached to certain things. He just puts it all up in there. And he says, you know, pornography and, you know, um, your opinion. He's got them in the same passage. And, and I'm not making that as a joke. I'm, I'm like, God is not categorizing stuff. He said, there are things that steal from you. There are things that steal from you. Um, quarreling and, and being in love with your own opinion and chasing after things will mess with you as much as things, you know, sexual immorality. But we want to categorize and say, well, I don't do that. Yeah. Well, you just slipped into judgment, and that's one of the things that's not one of the values of Holy Spirit. Okay, so next verse, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things, that's what I did. My parents trusted me, so I used my freedom for what I wanted to do. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? It doesn't say, won't go to heaven, aren't saved. It doesn't say that. It says, you're not going to inherit. You're not going to have in your daily experience kingdom happenings. And you know, like, Take it out of the realm of like, you know, kingdom, like, oh, kings and crowns and thrones and, you know, like the domain of the king, the domain of God, the domain of the one who is, owns everything. And he says, I want you to live in my realm. I want you to exist inheriting as your daily experience, not after you die and go to heaven. He said, I want you to have it now. That's one of the principles of covenant that I find so powerful is that literally we get all this before we die. 
Like it's not a promise for something in the sweet by and by. God says, I want you to experience the God life now. I want you to know that you have a power far beyond what you've ever walked in yet. Even if tonight you're here and you're really living with God and everything, do you know there's more? There's more. There's always more. There's always more for you to see, more for you to grasp. Um, Even truths that are your core valued truths that are deeply rooted in you. There's more to them. On Sunday morning in praise and worship, God took me back to a word that was spoken over me in our home group um, 28 years ago. And um, it had to do with my roots. And he said, do you know there's more? Let your roots go deeper. He said, there's more. There's a lot more. (laughs) I'm like sitting in praise and worship thinking, I'm going to fall out any minute because his words to me are so sweet, so stabilizing, and so intriguing. There's more. Okay, um, verse 22. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. Remember, we just looked at all the creepy stuff. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows... Peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, faith that prevails. Oh, wow. In any situation you're in, don't you want your faith to just keep prevailing, to stabilize, to hold tight to both you, God, and the situation? Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. He died and that it's over for us. That we'll never have that kind of a death again. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. This is so powerful to me. Literally his values, when when we go to the word, he's already beginning to plant his value system in us. And the beginning of his value system is that he wants us, he wants you, he wants me to know how valuable we are. So valuable that he chose to invest everything he had in you. Think about it. If on the stock exchange, there was a stock just so valuable that the minute you invest in it, you're a billionaire. Want to put your money together? Let's go. Let's go buy some. That's what he says to us. Before the foundation of the world, I looked out and saw all of y'all. And I determined inside myself, I'm, I'm putting together a plan that is foolproof. That is an investment that no, nothing else can usurp. Nothing else can subjugate it. The only thing that can mess with it. The only thing. Is us. To choose not to believe it. And still, it dwells within you. (laughs) He doesn't say, oh, bad investment, I'll take it back. 
See, if we see a bad investment on our stock portfolio, we sell it as quick as we can. That's what we would do. He doesn't do that. He said, no, no, I know what this stock is worth. This stock is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, spirit of my spirit. This is my heartbeat. This passage, passage that we just looked at, both of them, the creepy stuff and the good stuff, shows us the ways of our flesh, or we could say us out of control. You know, sometimes I have to admit to myself, you were just out of control there. Because I want to help myself understand it's a very dangerous thing for me to give my power to another spirit. You with me? So now I just want to touch on a little bit simplistically, um, just in my own words, some of his values. Because in, sometimes if you just look at it in simple terms, and I encourage you, sit, sit with God and, and look at your value system. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Just go and where you see, wow, I'm, I'm not sure I'm really very cool with God there. Um, just talk to him about it. Because he'll, he'll share. Sometimes our value system is built out of things that transpired in childhood or things that didn't transpire in childhood. Things that God um, wasn't able to teach you because maybe your family, I was in a very traditional denomination. And so there were things that my family could not teach me because I didn't have the understanding of it. And even the church that I went to, I, um, I had a really profound new birth experience at the age of eight. I, I mean profound. And... At the time, as an eight-year-old, I went home and thought about it because it literally felt like I was conveyed down the aisle to the front. And I mean, I was just eight, and I heard the invitation. My heart was literally struck, um, and off I go. So I was um, born again in a Baptist church that day, and how many years later? I was, well, it was just a few years ago in, I mean, I, I learned when I came here what actually transpired and, you know, the Holy Spirit and all of this. But I was not taught about the Holy Spirit in that denomination. Anyways, I was in worship one night um, down at the training center when we still had the tuition-based training center. And um, so it was just maybe five years ago, maybe six. I'm in worship, and I feel like inside that the Spirit says to me, do you want to know, you want to see, you know, have a vision and see what, what actually happened, why you felt like you felt at eight. So, of course, I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was so, so beautiful, so beautiful. But think about this. We want to help others know truth so that it changes in the church of Jesus Christ in the earth, that there aren't entire groups of people that don't even really know what happens when they're awakened by the Spirit. See, this is why we want to spend time caring for ourselves so that when we go to people, we don't just give them church doctrines. We don't just give them Bible truths and chapters and verses. We share personal testimony. We share that they actually can. We don't want to base everything on feelings, but you can feel God. 
You can sense him and know him. And it's a different kind of sense at the start. That's why I say, if you're not a person who really delves into spending time in the scriptures, start. Just go there and say, I don't even understand what she's talking about, but I want to press into you, God. I want to learn some new things because I'm telling you, this word, this word will unlock your humanity by the power of God. Humanity was never meant to be held down and be mundane a mundane experience. It was never meant to be that. So here's just in my own words. Um, the first one I put was truth. He doesn't move outside of truth ever. He doesn't move outside of truth. He will go with us even when we go to crazy places, but his movement to guide us doesn't happen outside of truth. When he's with us, he will even be endeavoring to tell us, you're in a crazy place. This isn't a safe place for you. But sometimes when we haven't been trained or taught or guided, by teachers or people who really know how to teach us to get the best. There's nothing for us, there's no way for us to hear. There are directions I went as a young adult and because I wasn't baptized in the spirit, I knew it wasn't right, but I wasn't deeply convicted because I didn't have some of this truth living in me that actually would say, this is not for you. Does that make sense? You see, that's what he wants. He wants to build us in such a way that we'll say, Ew. Because you see, whatever I sow, participate in, then I'm taking things into me that I will then give to other people. Okay. Um, love. The God kind of love isn't always giving or doing what someone wants. But rather, it is doing what is best for the person who is loved. See, even though I knew some of what I would say tonight would be ouchy, I, you know, even for me, as I bring it, it's like, because we have to get serious. You know, not like bored and legalistic, but we, we must be serious because this is very powerful. This is, this is just a book if you don't delve. It's a book. A wonderful book. It's a pretty book. Got great words in it. But you can literally carry it around even in here and not... Let its power transform every aspect of you. Um, Respect. And this is the cool thing. He won't cross our personal boundaries. He is such a gentleman. At first when I heard that, somebody told me he was a gentleman. I thought, I don't want him to be a gentleman. I want him to cross all my boundaries and arrest me. (laughs) But see, he doesn't do that. He wants to be wanted. He wants to be wanted. He wants to be invited in. He wants, and he'll be, he'll be with us. I don't ever mean to paint the picture that he's not with you because you're not doing any of these things. He never leave, he'll never leave you. He's with you. He's with you all the time. So he won't cross our personal boundaries. Therefore, he can be quenched and ignored. He can be pushed aside and disrespected. And sometimes we don't even realize we're disrespecting him. No condemnation, right? Seriously tonight, no condemnation. He gives us respect and in so doing is training us to do the same. He plants respect in us that becomes respect through us to him and to others as well. Isn't that beautiful? Honesty. He builds an openness with us so that we will in turn be open and honest with him, with ourselves and with others. 
some of the conversations that you can have with Holy Spirit, and I think that's why it was so beautiful, the exercises that, in fact, I would encourage you after tonight, go back and do some of those exercises that Pastor Babette did with us last week. And do it from a position of seriously no condemnation, just even saying, I'm going to ask these questions now, and I kind of think I won't hear anything, Jesus, but... You know, I mean, because be honest, be open and honest and, and share that I'm feeling doubts. You know, he can work with what we'll admit. But when we put a wall around and try to hide and be secret, then he's, he can't touch it. Because we're basically denying him the privilege. Generosity. We freely give of our substance, but just as Holy Spirit does, we should freely share ourselves with others as well. You know, even like some of my stories, you know, some stories, I think it can feel funny to share them. Like when I first started sharing that I was really, unfortunately, promiscuous as a young adult and um, lived in ways that, no, I'm not proud of. But I've also come to the place where I'm no longer ashamed. Because if I can share with others that that doesn't have to signify this is where you stay as a person your whole life. I did not handle my life properly, and yet I have the privilege to teach the word of God. I have the privilege to bring others to Christ. I have the privilege to go to people like me who have handled themselves, and they don't have to be embarrassed to talk to me. They don't have to feel ashamed. So, you know, that kind of generosity. Um, Faithfulness. Being faithful shows up in many different ways. And um, that would even be something I'd say, have a conversation with God about faithfulness. Because I think we always think, well, it's making sure that you're always being faithful to someone else. But even be faithful to yourself. After tonight's teaching, be faithful to yourself And let yourself go and rest in the word of God and see what he will do. Because I promise you, I can stake my life on the fact that if you will give yourself to time in this word, he will give you the truth of that word that he intends for you to understand in a very specific way for yourself personally. Now I want to read you, um, and this is from the message. I'm going to end with this. Galatians 2, 19 and 21. Um, The Apostle Paul, this is one of my favorite verses for a couple of decades, Galatians 2.19, um, the Apostle Paul says, For through the law, I died to the law that I could live for God. If, if this word feels legalistic to you, die to legalism. Die to viewing this as law. View this as letters and, and love notes and things that God wants to intentionally entreat you closer with. And then verse 21 says, If a living relationship with God could come by rule keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. And see, I'll I'll end with that there because it was necessary for him to die. It was necessary that a higher law would subjugate what had taken his precious mankind captive. You are a son or a daughter of God. You are precious in his sight. You have a purpose. He has an intention for you. Your creativity, every person in this room is creatively endowed with gifts that no one else can release into the earth quite like you. And it is his pleasure to see you do it with confidence, with freedom, unashamedly, unafraid, 
not looking and comparing yourself to others to see if it looks as magnificent as someone else's. Because you see, kindness doesn't always look spectacular. But it will turn a life like that. Jesus did acts of kindness constantly. I sometimes fantasize what would it have been like in his day to walk with him, but then just to look in his eyes and to see a smile, to feel a smile from him, you know, even like when I was young. And he would have looked at me the same way when I was living crazy. He would have looked at me and smiled at me with the deepest of kindness and generosity and love. And his gaze would have captivated me and started a salvation, redemptive love process that would go forever. He's arrested you now. And after tonight, I want you to realize, just give a little time here each day and watch what it'll do to your expectations and to your joy and to your hope. Father, we love you. We honor you. You're so good to us. You're so good. And I just thank you, Father God, that tonight my desire is that you would cause every man and woman in this room to realize how valuable they are to you. That there are people that when they realize the value they are to you, that they will share their lives with people that no one else can bring to you but them. I thank you for the power in this room right now, the power of Holy Spirit. We reverence you, Holy Spirit. We release our lives to you. We release our souls to you. We give you permission to change our mind, to change our minds, to cause us to to not be freaked out, to just relax and to grow in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Have a great week here.